The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And today we have a guest who, you know, sometimes when you talk about entrepreneurs, they said, you know, they they just changed their lives around when they decided to take that plunge. Well, um, Andrew Metal, our guest today, will tell you about something that he did about 10 years ago that really changed his life, but he didn't let it define his life. And I'm not going to tell you what that is because he'll, he'll do that himself. But currently, he's the founder and CEO of Design Plus Dev Shop, Agent Beta, and he's a product guy and IoT enthusiast. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's the Internet of Things. He's a published author and contributor to entrepreneur.com. You can follow his personal blog at Andrew Metal. That's a metal with a D, andrewmetal.com, where you'll find not only entrepreneurial advice, but life advice, inspiration, and entertainment. Welcome to the show today, Andrew. Thank you so much. I'm excited and uh, looking forward to our chat. Oh, I am too. Okay, now I kind of whet everybody's appetite uh, we can all relate to life-changing events. If you're an entrepreneur, sometimes it seems like they come at you every day. Uh, but, but you really had something happen about 10 years ago. And as I said, it could have really defined your life, but you didn't let it. And tell us what that is and, and what happened. When I was younger, I was a, uh, a bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> and so I was uh, in Vegas on vacation with some friends, and we were celebrating, and um, unfortunately, I got into a fight in a Las Vegas nightclub, mm. and the fight actually landed me in prison for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had built businesses before that, and you know, it took a, a it took about six years for the case to get resolved, and for me to actually, um, you know, for me to actually be sentenced. And so during that time, you know, I had built businesses, I had been doing well, I'd been, you know, doing a lot of different things related to the startup world, and um, then I was sent away, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I write about it, like you said, and we'll get into this all over entrepreneur and how I use my time um, as an entrepreneur to help me thrive and survive while in prison, so... Yeah, but you're out for an evening of fun and, you know, whatever. Th- thing, things happen, things get out of control, and then, then your life changes. And as you said, everything went on hold. You mentioned that you had been involved with startups prior to this. What kind of startups were you involved in? Give us a little bit about your background prior to that incident. Sure. So actually, um, I had started my career off working with an angel investment team, and uh, we had been investing in early stage tech and as well as sports nutrition. Uh, We eventually made a large investment into a sports nutrition company. Um, And that company is now like the title sponsor of the CrossFit Games. And it's it's gone on to become a a very well-known brand um, in the sports community. So from that experience, um, 
you know, so my team, we invested, then we, we took over the company, we built the company, we took product to market, we did everything related to uh, building and scaling a startup. So from that experience, I actually left and created three of my own companies. Um, one of them was a high school sports platform that was uh, kind of like a Google meets Facebook for high school sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, the second was a business and lifestyle technology company. Um, and then the third was a mobile app for nightclubs. And so um, during those times, you know, I, I had raised, uh, you know, help raise money from investors for one of those. And we were in different positions at different stages in each of those companies. But um, I was sentenced and sent away while I was in the middle of building each one of those. Yeah, and that doesn't do a whole lot for the credibility either. <laughs> Besides putting everything on hold, you know, it probably raises questions in some folks' mind that you're working with too and trying you know, to raise the funding. And So how did you work through that? What happened? Did those companies just disappear because you were sent to, away? Or uh, were you able to continue to build them from uh, prison? How did that work? Sure. Yeah, so, um, and, and those are absolutely great questions because nobody ever really asked me those questions, but it's a very, it's it's an important part of my story. Um, first of all, just in regards to the investment and, and investors, everyone was very, very understanding. Um, they knew who I was mm-hmm. and they knew that this was a mistake I made in my past. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't that they were... Um, there weren't too many concerns surrounding that. It was more, the concern was, okay, now that you're gone, you know, and you provide so much value to each of these projects, you know, what's going to happen. Right. Um, so early on, I, I really tried to, to manage, I mean, you know, I had never been to prison and there's like so much going on in prison. You know, you have, um, dedicated time when you can use the phone. Um, there's obviously no email, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I can handwrite letters and, and handwrite notes, which I was actually doing. I, in, early on, I was really trying to be able to manage and continue to build the startups that I had been working on. Um, it just was so difficult. I mean, you know, as I got deeper into my into my sentence, um, it almost became near impossible to do. And eventually I, I had to let go. I had to tell everyone um, this just it, it wasn't working. There wasn't a very... You know, I wasn't providing a ton of value. I mean, handwritten notes from prison, you know, <laughs> that you receive, you know, a week after the questions asked and things have already happened. And, yeah, you know, it's just there's not a lot of value I could have provided. So, sure. um, so yeah, unfortunately, the, the companies did just go on without me. Um, you know, I, I, I one of the companies was my own personal. So that one obviously just went to the wayside. Um, the other two, I had partners and um Ultimately, they all just did not work. But, um, you know, and unfortunately, I provided a lot of value to each of those. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, now you've said that you've always been an entrepreneur, that it's it's something that's just part of your genetic makeup. And basically, you can't hide from it. It's just part of who you are. And you've said, and I've read things that you've written before, and you've said that that actually helped you, though, while you were in prison, which, by the way, you also said, and some people might uh, um, think that this is strange, but when you really think about it, it's true that prison is a hotbed for entrepreneurial activity. So I guess I'm asking you two questions at once, and let's go with the second one first. How is prison okay. a hotbed for entrepreneurial activity? What do you mean by that? Um, 
So in prison, you have your normal state-issued type stuff, right? Mm-hmm, you know, right. you get your state-issued meals, you get your state-issued clothes, you get your state-issued whatever, all your normal supplies. If you have support from the outside or you have, you know, money that you've saved or what it's called on your books, you know, in your accounts, basically, you can use your money to get other additional stuff that that's offered through something called commissary that's mm-hmm. not through the state prison. So okay. there's additional items, there's additional food, additional clothing, state issued stuff is very, you know, they give you the bare minimum. So while there, people, you know, different inmates, they create all these different what we call hustles. So mm-hmm. they, they all have different hustles. Some people can be tattoo artists. Some people are, you know, actual artists where they'll draw, draw pictures for you or draw on, um, you know, handkerchiefs or whatever. You have people that do laundry. You have all, all different types of like jobs that they essentially create for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes their hustle. And through their, their quote-unquote hustle, they're able to then go and trade that for whatever commodity is that they're looking for. So if somebody wants, you know, new shoes or whatever, they can, you know, tattoo a guy for a couple hours. And then that essentially becomes their currency that they can go and purchase or use to get their new shoes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's very odd. You know, a lot of these inmates, they, they have the, the entrepreneurial kind of drive or you know they, they take the entrepreneurial plunge to basically help them survive and get the things that they want through these right different- yeah and and like entrepreneurs often well with scarce resources and so they figure out how to make it exactly. work so and so as i said you have entrepreneur in your dna it sounds like um and that actually ended up helping you survive your two years in prison and you've written an article and i think you're in the midst of expanding it, uh, you've written an article that takes five of the startup skills that you had honed over the years and applied them to your time in prison. And as you say, any entrepreneur can use these skills to overcome any kind of obstacle, hopefully not prison, but, you know, (laughs) other obstacles that arise, whether it's in their business or other aspects of their lives. So, uh, would you mind, let's, let's talk about those. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yes. So like you said, I'm an entrepreneur and I always look at whatever obstacle or situation I'm facing, I always um, look at it as an opportunity to learn. So I, you know, when I, when I realized I was, I was going to be going to prison, um, I made the conscious choice to make this the most productive time of my life versus, you know, the opposite. And so during that time, I read, you know, 197 books, you know, I wrote a book, um, I focused on my mind, body and soul. And mm-hmm. so um, there, you know, I, I laid out five different points. Um, you know, the first one I talk about is effective time management. Yes. You, li- you literally have, you know, 24 hours in a eight by 12 cell to figure out how to be productive and you have very little resources. There's mm-hmm. the, the most modern piece of technology you have is your golf pencil. You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to kind of get creative. Um, yeah. And those golf pencils get dull really fast. <laughs> right. So, you know, so during that time, you know, I mean, I, I set a very rigorous like routine and program for myself every morning. I'd work up, uh, you know, I'd wake up, I'd work out, 
you know, I had a bunch of books in magazines and subscriptions to newspapers, and I had just, you know, all of the printed material that I could ever dream for. Um, I had at my disposal because you can get that stuff sent in. And so I would use that time. I mean, I, I just spent all day reading, um, writing, researching, you know, being effective with my time. Um, and as entrepreneurs, you know, we have no structure, um, nobody telling us what to do. So you have to really figure out how you want to spend your day. Um, you know, every moment can be spent productively if you, if you plan accordingly. Um, and so I used my time that I had learned as an entrepreneur to really kind of, uh, create the program and routine I used while in prison to make sure that I stayed on task for two years and stayed productive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a place where most people probably, you know, aren't. Well, and not only did it help you to continue to be productive, but, you know, when somebody like me, who it feels like every single minute of your day is, is full of. 16 different things you could be doing 24 7 a time with nothing to do sounds kind of good but i bet you know two years of that would drive you absolutely nuts and so the fact that you had scheduled things that you could do uh again it not only kept you productive it kept you sane too yeah you're absolutely right i mean yes you know looking back there there it's there's this weird like dichotomy that happens and there are little pieces of prison that I like long for in certain ways for instance like you just mentioned having that time to kind of do what you want and obviously I don't miss going I don't miss prison as a Got whole it. but yeah. there, there are there are pieces of prison that really actually are appealing you know having the freedom to just do what you want um you know to to have like a lot of distraction, free time, um, that's appealing, you know, especially mm-hmm. to me who, and I'm sure you, you're busy all the time. We have so much going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in, for over a two year span and, and being forced into that position is a totally different situation and it's not as fun. Right. Exactly. Now, the second thing that you talk about is embracing uncertainty and being able to persevere uh, with the unknown. Can you talk about that, please? Absolutely. Yeah. As as first off, as startup entrepreneurs, um, we don't know what what the day is going to hold. We don't Mm -hmm. know what the next day is going to hold. You know, every day is different. Pop quiz. Um, Yeah, totally. And and so you, you just never know what's coming. Um, I had never been to prison. Um, I didn't plan on going to prison. I didn't want to go to prison. And all of a sudden, I'm faced with a situation where I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what the people are going to be like. I don't know what the process is going to be like. I don't know what to expect. There was so much uncertainty. Um, but because I had been an entrepreneur and I had you know, learned how to embrace that, you know, one example of being an entrepreneur with uncertainty, you know, one time when I was younger, I, one day I didn't know how I was going to pay the rent. And the next day I had a six figure investment put into <laughs> our bank account. You right. know, it's like, it, it's crazy like that. And the same goes for prison. I mean, you just don't know what to expect. Every situation is different. You know, one day you'll be, you know, in, in this side of the prison and, you know, on, in this cell and the next day they move you to a completely different cell and a completely different side. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns, you know, every day you wake up, you don't know if what's going to happen, if there's going to be a fight or a riot or anything like that. 
Um, so there's there's just a lot of uncertainty. Exactly. And, so uh, so learning how to stay calm and and mentally strong uh, in the face of all that it's it's a skill that entrepreneurs have to master, and it's something that obviously helped you in prison. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go through the other three skills that any entrepreneur can apply to adversarial or uh, threatening situations, and then we're going to talk about some of the different fun facts. I, I found this uh, page on your website, Andrew, and it's, it's really interesting, some of the fun facts about you. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with Andrew Metal. He, uh, we're calling this show from the cell block to the C-suite. Andrew uh, got into a fight in Las Vegas, uh, celebrating a little bit too much, and uh, ended up in prison for two years. But he'd been involved with several startups prior to that. He used his prison time to figure out what he was going to do next to really work on being productive. And he's talking with us today about some of the skills that we possess as an entrepreneur that can get us through rough times, through adversarial times. He used them to apply to his time in prison. We've been through two of those. The third one is connecting the dots and people. What do you mean by that, Andrew? (laughs) Yeah, this is a, so you know, in my startup career, I'm always, um, I network constantly and I, um, I'm always introducing people, you know, who, you know, if I have Scott looking for a web designer or, you know, looking for investment and then I have, you know, Joe on the other side that, you know, does early stage investments, you know, I, I connect the people, I make intros, I network, um, I'm always talking to different people, different entrepreneurs, kind of see what's going on with their business um, and, you know, look to help them in some way. And um, so I use that skill, you know, in prison. It, mm-hmm. it, it's the same thing. You have a bunch of different people looking for different things. Um, so, you know, there were times where I knew these, these are silly examples, but, you know, Johnny might be looking for some some new books. And I know Jojo across the way, you know, had some books he was looking to get rid of, I, I might connect it to. Um, the value that provides is that I like to call it startup currency. Yes, um, it is very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And people then, you know, are, are, are more open to helping you in need or, you know, looking to do favors for you. And the same thing goes for prison. You know, um, I might need something like uh, a new notepad or a different book or whatever. And so if I have more people that I've invested into, obviously they have a vested interest in me and they'll help me in certain situations. Right. Um, I learned in prison it's better to make friends than enemies. Ooh. So. Well, that, but you know what? <laughs> Especially there, but that's true no matter what in life. And now you have a challenge. I, I know when I um, read about you that you challenge people at this point to not just listen to what you just said, but to actually take some action right now. And what would that be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I challenge people to reach out to their network. 
um, ask them, you know, what's going on and with their businesses, you know, what are they, what are they struggling with and somehow provide them some direct value, whether through an introduction, through advice, through some experiences, through some of their resources. Um, actually I've created a Facebook group for entrepreneurs. We have almost about, I think we're close to 4,000 group members and entrepreneurs currently. And, uh, a lot of what I teach in that group is to help each other. And so that group is, is, you know, everyone asks questions and they share resources and they make introductions. And it's really great to see, um, you know, how productive a, a large group like that can be. Um, so I urge people to, to, you know, to, to do that themselves with their own networks. The next thing that you talk about is startup founder adaptability. How can uh, startups use that adaptability in all different phases? Um, great. So adaptability is, is a unique characteristic that I believe successful entrepreneurs possess. Um, you know, I could be dealing with investors in a different situation, or I could be dealing with customers, um, employees, press, whoever it is. Um, I'm typically, you know, presented with a different scenario and I have to learn how to adapt to those scenarios and be able to explain and talk through whatever it is I'm going through. Um, so adapting to our surroundings as, as founders is really a crucial, um, skill to learn. And obviously, you know, for me, this really helped in prison because I didn't want to stick out as a sore thumb, obviously someone who had never been there before. Um, you know, so I, I had to, you know, and I had never been there, you know, mm -hmm. so I had to kind of learn how to adapt to my situation and my surroundings. And I had been uh, accustomed to doing that, um, building startups and be, being presented with different scenarios and situations, you know, um, going to a, a client or customer meeting is different than going to a networking event as an entrepreneur. And you need to learn how to, you know, deal in those different situations yeah. accordingly. Play those different um, roles. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so same goes for what, you know, while I was uh, studying abroad. Yeah. And f studying abroad. I like that. Uh, the never ending learning game. Oh, that is that is just so powerful because it, it does apply to all of us, whether we're entrepreneurs or not. And how did you use that in prison and how can we use it as entrepreneurs to be more successful? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I love learning. Um, I, I talked about this. I was on a podcast yesterday um, and I talked about this. You know, learning for us as entrepreneurs, first of all, I believe just in life that my, my life is a, you know, it's perpetual development and constant evolution. Um, I believe that the moment that I stop learning and growing is the moment that I literally cease to exist. So as a human, like it's just instilled in me that I want to continue to grow and push my limits and always be better and and so learning is a, a, a tremendous part of that process. Um, I knew that was going to be the case when I went to prison. There's very little you can do besides read and learn and grow. Um, and so I created what I call my prison MBA program. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny you guys mentioned this uh, cell block to CEO thing um, because I'm actually in the process of writing a book that is exactly that. It's from oh. cell block. <laughs> it's from cell block 
to CEO. Uh, we said C-suite, but same yeah. difference. C-suite, right. So I explain, um, you know, how to overcome these things, how to use your, your you know, how, how entrepreneurs can just overcome in general, but then how to use your skills. And a big part of that is learning. Um, you know, I, I'm constantly learning. When I was there, I, you know, I, I learned a new language. I read 197 books. You know, I researched, I wrote my first book there. Um, it, so today it's the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm out here, I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm constantly learning, you know, whether I yes. go to coding boot camps, uh, you know, I use Code Academy to, to hone my, my development skills. Um, you know, I even just watching, you know, TV shows or whatever, mm-hmm. like um, sometimes I watch Shark Tank and it's, it's a very diluted process, obviously. It's very not, not very, um, you know, realistic to what the real world looks like. But you can still learn from it. You know, you can, you can watch it. You can learn how they negotiate pre-money mm-hmm. valuation and, and, and do other things related. Right. Um, yeah. And you're helping others learn, too, right now. I believe you're mentoring in, in, what, 20 different countries. You have a very global reach now. I do. It's really cool. Um, I, you know, I, I started with Entrepreneur, and Entrepreneur has really uh, started writing and contributing articles online for them. And through that, um, through their distribution, I've, you know, I've been able to really, um, you know, spread my reach and my influence. And it's, it's great because I have entrepreneurs, you know, email me daily. Um, I probably get hundreds of emails per week and I respond to those emails and I give advice and direction. And most of them I invite into our Facebook group. And so I hold Google Hangouts and I teach, you know, um, teach entrepreneurs how to start a business, how to overcome different obstacles, you know, and it's, it's really cool. You know, it's, I've, uh, I've had a very amazing and, and I'm very grateful for my experience. Um, and so it's fun to be able to give that back and, mm-hmm. and teach other entrepreneurs. Yeah. And you've got another book that's out, I believe called hacking the Valley. Yes. And how, how would people get a hold of that? That's about the, um, tech sector from the, 2011 to about 2013, a couple year period there. Uh, how would people get a hold of that book if they were interested in it? Yes, um, they can go to my website, andrewmetal.com, and it's also on Amazon. It's, uh, like you said, called Hacking the Valley. Um, it's an in, in, in-depth look at the tech sector for those two years. Um, you know, it was something that I, you know, I, I, I vowed to do. I said, I'm going to publish a book, and I did it, you know, and <laughs> yeah. so it was a uh, it's very it's very insightful. It talks all about you know different people in the sector, different strategies they use to to become successful. It talks about actual strategies entrepreneurs can use. So it's a uh, it's I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it, it is. And the fact that you set your mind to do it and you did it that's more than a lot of people ever accomplish. Uh, one of the other fun facts that I found about you you've actually got a fun facts section on your website andrewmetal.com is that you write down 10 new ideas in your idea book every night. We we have less than 2 minutes left, but if you could just why do you do that? Obviously you can't act on all 10 ideas. Uh, why do you go ahead and write them down anyway? Yes, this is a James Altucher uh, trick, and I actually started doing this while I was while I was in prison. I would write down all these different ideas I had all of the time because I was reading and writing and researching, and I couldn't go online to check out some of the different mobile apps and blah blah blah. So I had all of these ideas. Um, I carried that with me. Um, writing ideas in general just helps you to you know 
continue to develop the creative side of your brain. And it's funny, when you write down an idea, you, you want all your ideas to be perfect, but 10 ideas per night, they cannot all be perfect. And mm-hmm. so it allows you to, to write stuff that maybe not be the best idea, but get it out of you and, and be okay with that, um, which is an important skill, you know, mm-hmm. not just the creativity of writing, but to actually, you know, put down an idea that maybe not, may not be your best idea and be okay with that. Yeah, let it go, or, or maybe um, at least it's not cluttering up your head anymore. It makes room for, for new things, and who knows, down the road, maybe another version of it will materialize that's better. It's been a pleasure talking with you today, Andrew, and congratulations on all of your successes and, and the way that you've learned from your experiences. Again, if anybody would like to contact you, the best way is andrewmetal.com. Is that correct? That is Okay, yes, thank so you so much. You're welcome. AndrewMetal.com. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.